Jack and Jock Show, a Purdue basketball podcast. Uh, in case you have never listened before, which I hope you have, uh, basically this podcast was started a few years ago between my friend Jack and I, and we are just two avid fans that uh, love to talk about sports, specifically Purdue basketball. We started this in our fraternity house, continued it the next year, and have done it intermittently since. Jack is not on the podcast today. Uh, hopefully we can get him the rest of the season. I'm still in the process of convincing him, but either way, I want to do it myself. So without further ado, let's get into the basketball that was played tonight. Purdue took on Carroll College in an exhibition game. They came and went away the winners 98-69. to It was a pretty darn good game for Purdue all around, uh, besides the first six minutes when they turned the ball over around six times. Um but it, it was it was a solid showing against, obviously, a very, very underwhelming team, to say the least. I'm sure they may do good things at whatever level they play at, which I'm not exactly sure. But, again, their tallest player was 6'8". So what can you do when Purdue brings out two 7-plus-foot players on the court? So to get a little bit into the statistics of the game... Great day shooting for Purdue. Purdue field goal percentage was 55.4% from the free throw line, 73.9. Three-pointers, 39.1, so a little below the average from last season, but still pretty solid. Uh, 15 offensive rebounds is a big day for Purdue. Total rebounds, 40. Um, Again, the opposition in Carroll College only had 21 total rebounds, so that just shows you uh, that Purdue was banging on the boards. 22 assists for Purdue. Again, this is nothing new based on the composition of the team. They were doing this all of last year. 23 personal fouls uh, for both sides. So, again, an all-around solid game. Getting a little bit more into the player stats on the Purdue side. 20 points for Vince Edwards. 18 for Carson Edwards. 14 Isaac Haas. 12 for Nogel Eastern. 8 points for Matt Harms. And, uh... Those were the big uh, point getters on the day. Ryan Klein had six. Dakota Mathias had five, but it did not shoot well. Notably, P.J. Thompson was a pretty much no-show on the points side of things with only four points and four or zero points and four personal fouls. So I, I have a lot of thoughts from this game. It's obviously been a while since I watched Purdue basketball, so I was really, really happy to, to get to watch them again. But... The first thing that I have to talk about is the play of the young guys that we haven't seen before. We saw them during the World University Games, but since then, you know, we don't have a lot to go on. So the guy that I want to talk about first is the Dutch Thunder. I'm dubbing him that because one of the announcers on BTN tonight called him the Dutch Thunder. And while he said that, I wanted to come up with a better nickname for Matt Harms. But I couldn't come up with one. So going forward, I would appreciate it if everybody on Twitter would hashtag Dutch Thunder, as I think it is a really fitting nickname for him. Uh, But this guy, let me tell you off the bat, within the first two or three minutes of this game, I could tell you that this guy is going to be special for Purdue going forward. He has four years of eligibility under him. He lost his one year of eligibility last season, which... Is a whole different story. It's a catastrophe. The NCAA is just an absolutely terrible institution. But I don't want to get sidetracked by that. I want to stay 
on the good things. I want to stay positive today. So Matt Harms, the Dutch Thunder, this guy is going to be better than Haas by the end of this year. I know that is a stretch, but I am telling you, this guy has all the tools that you need as a center in college basketball to succeed. And he's in a lot of ways, he is already better than Isaac Haas. And let me, let me, let me start off with one of my biggest complaints about Isaac Haas so far to compliment Matt Harms. And that is the way that this kid moves his feet. He moves his feet so quickly that I think he is a guard out there. I think, I think he's basically trying to do jumping jacks on the court because the way that he shuffles his feet is it is just a beauty to see after watching Isaac Haas for three years, basically looking like he's slogging in mud when he moves on the court and he can never defend any back cuts or he, he hardly can defend a guy beyond two feet from the basket. And even within two feet from the basket, Haas can't defend any ball that that is a jumper. That's the thing about Isaac Haas. And I'm getting a little bit away from Matt Harms. Again, without someone else to podcast with, I'm going to be jumping around on ideas a lot. But I don't think that's a problem. But Isaac Haas has to be one of the most overrated players in the Big Ten. And I know a lot of people that may listen to this may disagree. And I understand. I do understand. I understand why people like him. On the offensive end, he is incredibly efficient. Usually shoots in the 60% range or better. Sometimes he'll have games where he misses one or two shots. And on those games, I don't hate him. I actually kind of enjoy him on the floor. But the thing with Isaac Haas is, is when he's not bringing you something on the offensive end, you know that he's not bringing you anything on the defensive end. Now, you could argue that, oh, just by the having the presence of a seven foot two guy, that he is, in a way, affecting the other team's offense. But if you've watched Haas closely for three years, which I have because I really, really, really think he's an overrated player, then you would realize he is a detriment on the court, on defense. It is what it is. It's it's just sad. It's sad because I figured after his sophomore year, coming into last year, I figured he has to learn to move his feet. Shirley Painter will work on that. And and I'm in to Painter's credit and to the athletic training department and their their weight training and strength training coaches, which from everything I've seen are great based on the growth of a lot of other players. And it's probably just not in Isaac Haas's DNA, but the guy cannot move his feet. That's still evident today. And, and we're in the, the point in the season every year where everybody thinks Isaac Haas is the best player in the uh, college basketball. And I'm sure we'll see tweets about how good he is. I'm sure we'll see a lot of media coverage about how great Isaac Haas is. And he is a solid, solid college basketball player. Do not, do not get it misconstrued. I think he's a great, he's a solid player, and I'm glad that he's on Purdue's team. The point that I get frustrated on is that he is not the elite player that announcers and fans make him out to be. He, he's, he's just not. Because whatever you get on the offensive end, someone else is going to exploit him on the defensive end. And that is exactly why I am so excited for Matt Harms. 
The guy can move his feet. The guy can hit a jump shot, which Isaac Haas can't do. And that I don't blame him for. That's fine. No big deal. And it's it's just incredible to see what Matt Harms already is. Give him another 10, 15 pounds by his sophomore year. This guy could be a first-team Big Ten player by his junior year. That That is what I'm saying based on one exhibition game today. And I know it's pretty bold, but I full-heartedly believe that. He had... Two official blocks in the game. He had one block that was technically called a foul, but if you looked at the replay, it was just a great chase down block from behind. And he had another block that I believe was a foul on another player, which uh, was a charge uh, block foul, and the block didn't count. But we all know that's essentially four blocks right there. So I want to give him the award, the first of the award that I'm going to give out every podcast. That's the defense lives here, defensive uh, player of the game, Matt Harms. Two block shots on the stat sheet, four block shots in our heart. Keep doing what you're doing. And again, this is I'm getting excited for a seven foot two guy playing against a team that had only a six eight player. That's that's the Isaac Haas effect, but. Just the athleticism that Harms displays is is going to be incredible going forward. So moving on, uh, there's a lot to talk about in this game because we haven't talked about it for so long. So I want to talk about another player on this Purdue team, and this is the player that I believe is going to determine the ceiling for Purdue's team this year and where they could possibly go. Now, a lot of you might think it has to be one of the seniors. It has to be Vince Edwards. It has to be P.J. Thompson. Or maybe it's the Midwestern Cowboy Dakota Mathias, who happens to be my favorite player on the team. I don't, I've never I've never made that uh, a secret. He, he is by far my favorite player since his freshman year. I've, I've liked the way he plays the game, and it's how I've tried to model my game after, even though it's a pathetic attempt at that. But none of those guys are going to determine how this Purdue basketball season goes. The guy that is going to determine how this basketball season goes is Mr. Carson Edwards, the guy from Texas. The reason that he is going to decide where Purdue's ceiling goes is because Carson Edwards himself has the highest ceiling of any player on this team, and it's not even close. Carson Edwards is college basketball's version of Russell Westbrook. He plays with reckless abandon. He likes to shoot his shots. He's going to average, I would guess, 10 or 11 shots a game. And that may be conservative. But Painter allows it. Why does Painter allow it? Because he is the best player on the court. Bar playing Michigan State with Miles Bridges and maybe some of the non-conference team Carson Edwards will be the most talented player on the court at all times. His his speed, his quickness is, I don't think, matched in the Big Ten by anybody. He, he, he reminds me of Yogi Ferrell in that sense from IU a few years back. He's just got speed that can't be matched. And his overall athleticism is just astounding. And his quick release is rivals Steph Curry's. Now, does he have the accuracy of Steph Curry? No, obviously not. But when you have the mentality that he has, that killer attitude, that that is what is going to define Purdue's season. If you can get Carson Edwards 
to turn into a 18-point-a-game guy and doing it efficiently, then Purdue's ceiling is very high. But Purdue or Carson Edwards this year has to be the Caleb Swanigan of last year. If you go back and look at Caleb Swanigan's stats from his freshman year, they were solid. They were very solid. He, he came close to, I believe, averaging a double-double. His freshman year, I think he averaged around 12 points and somewhere in the ballpark of eight rebounds. His sophomore year, he came in, averaged 18 points and 12 rebounds. We need that kind of jump from Carson Edwards because without that jump, this will take me to my next point. I think Purdue may be a tad bit overrated. And I know, I know that I'm going to get pushed back on that from a lot of Purdue fans. And trust me, no one hopes that I am more wrong on this prediction than myself. I really do. But I think if Carson Edwards is not able to step up into a potential Big Ten player of the year, then I think Purdue is a fringe top 25 team for the season, I think at some point they will fall out of the top 25. They may get back in by the end of the year because the Big Ten overall is weak. But I just don't see the ceiling that Purdue had last year with Caleb Swanigan. And you may say, well, Purdue has four seniors, so that must mean they're great. Here's the thing with our four seniors. And, and before I get into how it's going to affect this season, I want to I give a shout-out to these four seniors because – I've probably never felt the emotional attachment to a group of guys than these four seniors. Because when, while I was still in school, these guys brought Purdue back from the pits of the Big Ten, literally last in the Big Ten. They came in as freshmen and led this team to an NCAA tournament uh, bid and almost beat Cincinnati. Should have beat Cincinnati, to be honest. No one thought that that was going to happen that year. No one had high expectations. We had, we had been in the CBI tournament a few years back where no one went to those games. I went to those games. I was front row right on the court, and there was no one behind me. It, it, it was a low, low point for Purdue basketball. So those seniors have brought us from a place that is it, it, it's just incredible what they've done. And I will never, never be able to thank them enough for uh, bringing the fan base back, bringing the program back, and just bringing the excitement back around Purdue basketball. But here's the thing that I think about these seniors. And again, know that I hope I am wrong. And I will fully admit if I'm wrong. But this is what I think right now. The seniors this year are who they have always been. Yes, they have improved. Yes, they have gotten better. But the overall statistics have not changed a whole lot. No one has made a huge jump from their freshman to junior year because all of these guys have been solid their entire collegiate career. Now, some guys have improved other parts of their game, such as Dakota Mathias. He has become one of the best defensive players in the Big Ten, one of the best on-ball defensive players. And that, that is a, a huge, huge improvement. But offensively, these guys are pretty similar to who they have always been. Haas, great guy offensively, great efficiency-wise, but he doesn't dominate games. He doesn't have the speed to dominate games. And on the defensive end, he holds you back. That is what Isaac Haas is. 
that is what we're going to get this year. I guarantee you there are going to be games this year where you're going to get upset at Isaac Haas. It's going to happen. So just accept that and accept him for who he is. Vince Edwards, great player, potentially a first 10, could be, in my opinion, I think if he was a little more aggressive, could be a first-team All-Big Ten player. But I don't think we're going to get that. Vince has never had that killer mentality, which may not be a part of his DNA, and there is nothing wrong with that. But I don't think we're going to get that. I think we're going to get a second-team second team All-Big Ten player in Vince Edwards, which there's nothing wrong with. But he's not going to reach that potential that people have thought he may be able to reach since freshman year. And I hope I'm wrong. Next, PJ, PJ Thompson. Still a clutch player. Still going to hit some big threes. He's still going to be efficient. He's not going to turn the ball over. He'll have one of the best turnover to assist ratios in the country. But he's not going to average 12 points a game. He's not going to average 10 points a game. He'll probably average somewhere around 7 or 8 points a game. Just like he has the past two years. He's going to be a solid starter, but he's not going to be a star. He's going to be an average defender, but he's going to have trouble guarding the more athletic point guards in the league. It is what it is. And finally, Dakota. Dakota, in my opinion, has the potential to make the biggest jump this year. I think he has the potential to be one of the best players in the Big Ten. His defense is going to be one of the best. And offensively, I think he could take a step. If he can develop a little more than a jump shot, which he was starting to do last year, I think that he is still trending upwards. Of all the seniors, I think that he is the one that has the most possibility to improve this year. But across the board, I think these seniors are who they have always been. Really, really, really solid players. But without a star, I don't think that they're an elite team. And it, it really hurts me to say that. And I don't mean it as a slide against the team at all. But I just, looking at these guys, I don't know that they're elite. And I hope I'm wrong. <laughs> I've said that at least five times now because I know people will still be angry about it. But I got to call it like I see it. I think Purdue will be a fringe top 25 team all year. I think that by the end of the Big Ten season, they'll be somewhere between 21 and 25 because I think they'll do well in the Big Ten and struggle a little bit in the non-conference schedule. But if Carson Edwards becomes an 18 to 20 point player a game, that's when I think you see Purdue having unlimited potential. If Carson Edwards can be a star, if, it, if, if he is poised for the breakout year that a lot of people think he can have, then then let's talk. Then we'll talk about adjusting where I think this team could go. Um, anyways, that, that was a little bit of bringing uh, Boilermaker Nation down to earth after a nice win against Carroll College. I apologized for that, but let's get back to the game today specifically. Um, some other thoughts from the game. Um, I wanted to do another award. This next award is called the Morgan Burke Bonehead Play of the Game. If you're a Purdue fan, Purdue alumni, uh, you, you you know Morgan Burke, and you know why it would be called the Morgan Burke Bonehead Play of the Game. Um, this is 
goes to this award. I, I think this is an esteemed award, to be honest. This one's going to No Gel Eastern. Uh, he got a beautiful feed from, I believe it was Carson or Dakota, and uh, he had a wide open lane for a dunk. He jumped a little early and proceeded to be stuffed by the rim. It really wasn't even close at all. The commentators were saying, well, that's not going to make it on uh, the all Big Ten video showcase of the day. Not going to be a Sports Center top 10. Maybe a not top 10, but not a Sports Center top 10, which on the very next play down the court, uh, assisted by Dakota, Nogel proceeded to two hand stuff it right in a, a Carroll College player's face, which that was a Sports Center top 10 play. So, congrats to Nogel Eastern from going uh, from the bonehead of the game to the uh, stud of the game. So I'll give him credit for that. Uh, so no Joe Eastern. I want to talk a second about him. I think that he's going to have a slow year offensively. Uh, I think it's going to take him a while to adjust to the college game. I think he's going to have to find a shot. I don't think he's a natural-born shooter. He does have it in him, I think, and I think he's going to be one of those guys that improves as he goes along in his college career. But the, the place where he really has a chance to stand out is against teams that have those athletic point guards. When P.J. Thompson needs a spell, Nogel Eastern is going to be, come, be able to come in and dominate on the defensive side of the ball like no one's business. He is going to be able to come in and shut somebody down and say, hey, you're not scoring. You're not scoring, point blank. We are going to stop you. The thing that... the allows him to do that is that he has a six foot six frame as a point guard and lightning quick feet to go with it. That is just something you do not see at the big 10 at the collegiate level on a regular basis that we can basically call him the Greek Greek freak of the big 10. It's going to be incredible. I'm telling you, this guy is going to be incredible. Um, Of note, Aaron Wheeler, Eden Ewing, they did not see a lot of the floor in any meaningful minutes. Uh, I'm not too surprised by that. Uh, they both seem sort of like recruits that got recruited when Painter was a little nervous at how the class was shaping up, but he wasn't going to rescind the offer once they had already signed, which you can't do anyways, even if he had wanted to. I, I don't expect a lot from either of those two players this year, uh, especially Eden Ewing. I I just don't know where he fits on this team going forward. And I feel bad for the kid because he's a uh, community college transfer, which means that his uh, playing years is limited compared to a freshman like Aaron Wheeler. Uh, but I just don't see a lot of minutes for these guys. And in in Aaron Wheeler's case, that that's fine. He has four years of this. Eden Ewing, not so much the case, so you might see him play some defensive uh, minutes this year if they really need a guy that can go out there and guard an athletic freak for a few minutes to spell Dakota Mathias or Vince I- Edwards or something. Um, Aaron Wheeler, though, on the other hand, I think he does have potential going forward. I see him as a better uh, player than Shaquille Taylor. Uh, of note, Shaquille Taylor obviously did not play today because he was hurt. Um, I'm not sure the extent of the injury uh, exactly. I think he's out a few more weeks, but again, did not play. I don't see Jaquiel Taylor being a huge contributor on this team. And I know there's a lot of people that really like Jaquiel Taylor, 
But whenever I've seen him play, I have been very, very underwhelmed. I just don't think that he has the skills a basketball player needs to succeed at the Big Ten level. Yes, he has some athleticism. I'll give him that. He's more athletic than Isaac Haas. Hands down. It's not even close. So from that perspective, he may be able to succeed. But long term, he's not a Big Ten player. That's what it comes down to. So we'll see uh, what the actual ceiling of Jaquiel Taylor is this year, but I don't imagine that he'll get more than 12 minutes a game, and I think by season's end that he'll only have uh, maybe 12 minutes a game off the bench, and I think Matt Harms will be receiving more minutes than Jaquiel Taylor by the end of the season. Uh, Interestingly enough, I guess it's not that interesting, but um, I actually happen to think that Matt Harms could be our best center by the end of the year. Uh, I don't know if he'll start. I think he could. I think he may should uh, end up starting by the end of the year, but I don't know if it will happen. So it'll be interesting to see. He's the guy I'm most excited for, though. I can promise you that that is the guy that I will be watching with anticipation every single game. So to wrap up the podcast, I want to tell you what we're going to be doing going forward Um, every single week. Uh, or every single game, I will be having post-game analysis, talking about my thoughts, talking about where I think Purdue's going in the future. Uh, but for this week specifically, I just wanted to give uh, basically what the podcast is going to be. Um, next week, we play Southern Illinois Edwardsville on November 10th. That is the regular season opener. So when that game concludes, there will be another podcast in which I will be talking about that game, obviously. And then I will be looking forward to the next uh, big game on the Purdue schedule, which is Marquette. And for all the smaller games after that, I will be doing a similar thing, basically taking a look at Purdue's overall non-conference schedule, and then we'll get into the Big Ten schedule. And from there, this is going to be fun. This podcast, I can promise you, is going to be a lot of fun, and I happen to think that this is the best Purdue basketball podcast out there. Uh, We were pretty much the people that started the uh, Purdue basketball podcast thing. I know there's a lot of other ones out there now. Hammer and Rails is great. Um, Purdue basketball itself has its own podcast. They obviously have a lot of talent there, but I'm going to throw our hat in there as also another great podcast to listen to, and you can really never get enough Purdue basketball content. Uh, What I want to end with is what I'm calling the last award of the day, which we will end with every single week. It's the Big East Swanigan Player of the Game. This week's winner is Carson Edwards. Uh, This guy is fantastic. The, The ceiling for him is unlimited, and he's basically going to determine where this team goes. I talked about that a lot earlier. I don't need to really get back into it. But the guy's fantastic. He he can shoot. He can pull up and shoot. He can drive and shoot. He can steal balls that are not even balls that should be stolen. He can do everything. He is a uh, person that can, of all trades, he's a jack of all trades. That's the word I was looking for. He's a Swiss Army knife uh, like Vincent Edwards, but with an even higher ceiling. He is the Russell Westbrook of college basketball, and We as Purdue fans need to enjoy that. Uh, So, again, I appreciate you listening to the podcast. It may not have been the most smooth one, but much like Purdue's basketball season, we're just getting started, people. It's going to get a lot better. We're going to sound a lot better. And uh, maybe I'll sputter a little less. No promises, but I'm going to work on it. 
Um, and thanks for listening. Can't wait for November 10th against Southern Illinois, Edwardsville. Let's go. See ya. Peace out. But one last quick thing before we go. I just got a few Twitter questions. I'm glad we have these. Tweet at me at the T Jockum or at Jack and Jock Show, I believe the Twitter is, but the T Jockum works as well. Uh, how many hook shots from within three feet does Haas miss? Well, over the course of uh, the year, he's going to miss a lot of those, and I promise you, you will get mad at him. Uh, I'm going to set the over-under on that at uh, 57. Um, the next question I had on Twitter, how many all-Big Ten players do we have, and what team are they on? Any chance Vince gets All-American? Uh, zero chance Vince gets All-American. Um, I love Vince, but he's not getting All-American. I think he'll be a second-team Big Ten player. Carson Edwards, first-team All-Big Ten player. And Dakota Mathias, All-Big Ten defensive team. That's what I'm calling right now with an outside shot of Matt Harms getting on the All-Big Ten freshman team. So that's what I'm calling. Now we're done. That was the encore. Cue the music.